0: You're listening to Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board, a podcast about life through the lens of music.
1: I am Jeremy, also known as J Mac, live in St. Louis for Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board. Join the Skype by my buddy in California.
0: Hey, this is Sam Wade out in California, saying hello to you.
1: I cannot wait to get to this week's show. We've done a lot of conversating over the phones this today and this week about some things with some some new exciting things that are getting ready to happen with the show. But before we get to that, I would just like to remind our listeners that Wednesday, every Wednesday a show drops on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. As well as we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash 2 decks Send us messages. We would love getting feedback. Got a lot of good feedback on our Larry Norman episode that dropped, I guess, I don't know when this will air, but a few weeks ago. It was exciting to get some feedback. Uh, negative and positive. I mean, we are open to what you have to say. I mean, even if, even if you're not really thrilled with what we have to say, we are open to criticism. I would encourage you to contact the show, and we will show you what gentlemen we are but we got we we've got, we've got <laughs> yeah. some we've got some special things coming up here. Sam, you want to drop you actually had this idea. The idea of a B-side. Do you want to talk more about this?
0: I absolutely do. So, you know, one of the things that we've been doing on this show, uh the the Larry Norman show is actually the the second in a series that we're going to have ongoing um uh once a month about uh, an icon. It's our Icon series. But that's kind of like one of the show uh within the shows. But you know, one of the things that's been happening uh, lately is we end up getting all this stuff that like might make it out, make it on the cutting room floor. Uh, sometimes we have like a nice conversation with some of our guests before we actually start the episode, and there's some interesting things that come out. So you know, basically, uh, this is this, this B sides thing is for us to post that content, so you can still hear it because it's still good stuff, even if it didn't fit into the show.
1: I agree. I mean, honestly, some of the some of the most revealing conversations. Not that we're going to spill secrets, but some of the most—I guess—candid would be a better word—conversations that happen happen right. before we actually go live, which is or not live before we start recording. Which is, and you actually came up with this idea. You were like, "Let's record, just like our warm-ups," and it was a great idea because there's a lot of good com- conversation, a lot of good content there, and it's it's exciting. So I think we're going to start every Saturday. Is that is that what we're go- going for?
0: Yeah, man, that's that's exactly what we're going to do. We're just going to put them up every Saturday.
1: Now, they'll be shorter. They're not going to be like full-length episodes. We're talking about like 5 to maybe 10, maybe 15 minutes. Like little blurbs, little little snippets of behind the scenes. I That's some of my favorite things on movie DVDs and Blu-rays because when I still buy them, which I still do, is like all the bonus stuff, like behind the scenes. So this is a chance for you to go behind the scenes at two tape decks and a mixing board. Besides, Hold on to your butts. (laughs) All right, so let's let's get into this week's topic. This is going to be a more me-and-you-centric episode. We kind of try to mix it up. We do some music reviews, interviews. This one is going to be kind of getting into our personal lives a little bit, our younger selves. And I want to talk a little bit about the first few jobs we had, how it changed our perspective on life, and maybe some new music we ran into along the way. I'm going to lead the way here. When I was 17 years old, I got a job at a place called Frank's Nursery and Crafts. It was plant nursery outside and a craft store inside, which seems like an odd combination. And there was a pet store uh, in between. So it was there was a lot for me to know. And as a 17 year old, I was scared to death. But one of the first things I can mention is the music that was pumped into the store was some some of the first times I'd, I'd ever heard these artists and some of these songs. And. They're not rock and roll songs, but I did get excited whenever I would hear a a John Lennon or Paul McCartney song. That was the first time I heard the song Just Starting Over by Lennon. That was the first time I heard Silly Love Songs by Paul McCartney. First time I heard The Eagles. I don't think they did Hotel California, but Take It to the Limit, One of These Nights. Just incredible songs that I never heard, as well as having to navigate social interactions, which I was a homeschooled kid who never went out of the house really, except a skateboard. And it was really, really intimidating. But I did learn a lot. And I got to tell you, I still miss that place. I don't know why. There's no good reason for me to miss that place. But Sam, why don't you talk about the first place that you went to work? Because I think think yours was kind of blue collar as well.
0: Well, I mean, the first place, you know, if, if we're thinking about a place where like the radio is just playing in the background, um, you know, for me, it was this job that I had um, for a few months during the summer. I worked for a guy who installed carpet. It was in these big uh, apartment complexes. And when they would have uh turnover, uh, they would have these guys come in and swap out the carpets. Cause as you can imagine, these carpets would be in really, really bad shape. So I was the guy that went in and I would tear out the old carpet um, and then take it out to the dumpster. I had to cut up in small pieces, put it in the dumpster and then <laughs> smash it. In. And so there's a few things that, you know, you can imagine to kind of like, you know, this is like a micro dirty jobs kind of a job. Let me, let me set this, set the stage for you. So I'm in these apartments in the middle of summer in the Midwest where it's very humid and muggy. There's no air conditioning in these units because all the doors are open um and i'm just like i'm sweating through my clothes and smelling like cat pee because of pulling out all this carpet and cutting them small squares and then have to climb inside the dumpster a dumpster and smash it down so you know it was a, it was a good manual labor job but pretty disgusting
1: <laughs> so i've i've done that job without being paid for it my basement flooded a few years ago and i had it it was it was nice carpet down here and it it I don't know why people put carpet in, in basements because it, it will flood at some point. So I don't, I don't know about the cat but I had to drag it out up the hill and then with an X-Acto knife cut it small enough to for the trash guy to pick it up. Not a fun job. Not a fun Not job. And I got to imagine that you were probably working with some unique individuals
0: yeah well you know i mean it was you know it was that working kind of a like a blue collar job like you just work hard and you just you sweat through it and, and you just keep working you know we listened to a lot of uh classic rock and a lot of like grunge rock and stuff at the time that i would hear I, you know what you know what song really sticks with me it was the summer when that song december by collective soul was really popular great song like that song hundreds of times while working that job just from it being on the radio that's the one that like sticks out to me (laughs) it was a great song
1: i I do like that song um was there ever any because i mean you came you went to public high school so it was a little bit different for you but was there ever any like culture shock with you when you saw a contractor maybe smoking a cigarette i mean maybe that's not a good example but anything that was like difficult for you to socially explain or get around
0: um, I think at that point in my life, I was still, you know, very much inside the bubble of the, of the church experience that we were in. So I'm sure I, you know, I was hanging out with these guys that were just like normal dudes. Um, you know, not, not that Christians aren't normal. I'm not saying that they, but just these normal dudes that don't, are not even thinking that way. Um, you know, it wouldn't be any much different than like sitting on the steps in between practice with like one of the, you know, with, with my bandmates in my in my last band in St. Louis, you know, we got, we got to do some interesting conversations. Um, I would say that it was a culture shock because it's probably the first time I heard some of those jokes as a kid. I will say that. If not, you think I'm going to tell them, I'm not going to tell them.
1: <clears throat> no, I'm not going to repeat it, but you told me one that at the time I guess I was like, you know what I'm talking about. I think you know what I'm talking about.
0: I didn't realize you were, you were like leading me towards this point. No, I to
1: no, that. I'm not. But you you stepped into my little trap here. But but yeah, I mean that was one of the, that was one of the things for me. I remember at my first job, the Frank's job. I remember people coming in hungover, and I was like, "What's that?" And I did I didn't say that, but I had to kind of figure out what hungover was. And to this day, I really don't get why people drink enough to get hungover. So that's something I can. I can relate to my younger self, but I remember my first day they stuck me in this greenhouse and I was supposed to throw away all the dead plants, which is a really, it's not, it's not probably as bad as cutting up pea stained carpet, but it was unpleasant. It was very humid and I had to go through these rotted plants and I remember it was in this greenhouse. So it was, it was like 90 degrees outside. It's 105 inside and people would come up to me and I just kept telling them. Uh, it's my first day. I don't know what's going on. They would just oh, I'll just leave you alone then. So for like three weeks, I used that excuse. It's just my fir- it's my first day, and I would say that to get out of answering questions because I was so terrified of people that would come up to me. But meanwhile, I am listening to the Lionel Richie and uh, the various. I think that's I think that's where I first heard Marvin Gaye. It was. I was I was inundated by so much musically, sonically, visually. That was the first time I was ever around girls that weren't uh Christians and that were older than me and that were cute. That was the first time that I was ever really around girls that I was attracted to because my group was so small growing up that everybody in that group was like my sister all like you know what I'm saying? I just I didn't see my friends' sisters as as anything. They were like my sisters. So all of a sudden I'm thrust into this position people are hungover people are uh, there was a, there was a lady that was that was sick in the bathroom and I I didn't get that she was hungover and I was like can I get you a seven up I thought she had the flu she was literally um hurling in the bathroom cuz she had drank too much vodka or whatever the night I was just completely Vodka
0: uh, will do that to you com- you got to watch out
1: <laughs> completely in over my head um That's funny did you ever get in any kind of confrontations at your first couple of jobs? Because I, I got a story here, and it's not—it it doesn't make me sound good. It makes me sound like a weenie, <laughs> not a weenie. It makes me sound, sa- right. makes me sound like a victim, and I don't like sounding like a victim. But it was—it was kind of pitiful. But was there any kind? Of, I mean, I mean, not maybe physical, but like verbal, like "shut up, boy" or anything like that.
0: No, there was nothing like that. I mean, um, I do remember a few like details about that uh about you know things working at that job but i I remember that one of the guys that I worked with was actually a bass player, and uh you know and and he was he was pretty rough around the edges. I don't remember his name, but we were driving out to a job one time, and we were talking about um uh, bass playing and he brought up Paul McCartney playing bass on silly love songs. It was funny you mentioned that one because it was like. That's the first time that I thought I thought about the bass line and how complex it is, and the fact that he could play that bass line while performing live and singing that song, which is you know a pretty complex song to play. Um, but then in that same car ride, I remember him being like, "Hey, I want to get a drink of water," and he was driving. Right? I'm like, "Okay." So he's like, "Grab the wheel." I'm like, "What?" He's what? like, "Grab the wheel." So we're driving down highway down down the highway, probably like you know eighty miles an hour heading toward. <laughs> uh west county in st louis and i'm grabbing the wheel i'm just steering and he reaches back in and grabs his like his uh, igloo little cooler of water and he was like okay and then he just takes it he just tilts his head back he's not even looking at the road at all and like, just drinking down this water <laughs> and i'm thinking in my head like oh my god this, this, like this is probably like my my second week there or something like that. And he was like doing this as we're going down to this job and I'm freaking out. And it must, it felt like it took like five minutes and probably was like five seconds, you know? And then he took back the wheel. He's like, Oh, thanks man. And then we kept going and I'm just sitting there like with my eyes wide being like, "What just happened. You're, you're <laughs> no. shaking,
1: you're shaking and sweating. You got a vacant look on your face, dude. But that's, that's kind of unnerving. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. And I would say that I don't even think you have to be like like a sheltered Christian kid to find that disturbing. I I don't <laughs> don't take your hands off the steering wheel ever, much less on the highway. On the highway,
0: it's probably not the best idea.
1: So I got a story for you. This this was a situation I got into that I had no idea what I was stepping into. Uh, my job as the uh, as the uh, the grunt as the as the gopher guy was to. It was a plant nursery, and what would happen was they would they, invariably there would be dead plants that would that would be uh, drugged to the back, and they would be um, left by the back door. Now normally they're supposed to spray paint them. I think they're supposed to spray spray a red X on them, but I mean they didn't always do that. So I think there was there was a, like was a, like a mulch container, like a like a yard waste kind of dumpster, and so I'm doing my chores. At the in the back of the store because I'm afraid to go out in, in the front, and there was this dead tree that was stuck or it was it looked dead to me it was it was down it was back by the back where all the all the yard waste is supposed to go. So, like a good employee, I take it and I throw it in the dumpster. Okay, sounds yeah. pretty straightforward. Well, the lady that was there was a lady manager. I'm not. I, I guess I can. I'll just call her Pam. That that's vague enough. It's not not even a real name. Let's just call her Pam.
0: Pam's a good name. Pan,
1: Pan, Pam. 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 Yeah. Pan. M- Michael Scott.
0: Pan. Pam.
1: So so, Pam is kind of neurotic, and I she actually liked me, which made this story so much more bizarre. But she was having a rough day. I didn't know it, and she came to the back of the the store where I was doing my job, and she said where's the tree? I said, what? She goes, where's the damn tree? (laughs) And I'm like, I I was like, uh, I threw it in the dumpster. She blew up. I, I mean, I don't even know how many cuss words she said, but it was not, it was not a few. It was a lot. Okay. And she pointed at me with, I think it was a baseball bat. She pointed at me and she said, I should, I should hit you over the head with this or some version of that. What? And I was suddenly terrified. I should have been before, but she was a she was a small woman. I didn't really understand why was she was so mad. She was that was my tree. She stormed out. There was those swinging doors back from the storage area, like under yeah. the store. She swung it like a saloon door, stomped out, and and then this other guy, I'll call him Jason, came back and he said, "What just happened?" I said, "She said she was going to hit me over there. The <laughs> dude, I'm like seventeen. I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm. I'm afraid I'm going to get fired. And Jason balled up his fist and started punching his hand and she later had to apologize to me, but I I wasn't even I wasn't even upset as so much shocked that I was doing my job and she had costed me and wanted to hit me. Dude, it was like bizarre. It was bizarre. I think she I don't think she lasted much longer after that. I mean, but yeah, so that's that's I was homeschooled from 4th grade to I guess I was still homeschooling at this point because I was 17. Yeah. Terrifying experience. I shouldn't have smirked, but I didn't realize how mad she was. It was a dead tree by the back door. I threw it away. And all the while you can hear, one of these nights, one of these crazy (laughs) old nights. But, but, But I do credit the franks experience for teaching or like exposing me to music that i guess the rest of the world was like well we've already heard take it to the limit and tequila sunrise and um whatever that whatever else songs that were playing but i had not heard them and to this day whenever i hear those songs there's a lot of eagle songs whenever i hear the eagles I, i i'm instantly transported back to that 17 year old j mac standing in the back room with the manager screaming at me threatening to hit me because i threw away a dead tree
0: that's a pretty good story man it would have been more appropriate instead of one of these nights if maybe like witchy woman was playing like then it would yeah have been yeah like- or peaceful <laughs> easy feeling <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would have been the movie version for sure so you what- know I, I i had a job that was a there was another really dirty job to work at and there was a lot of music being played there I worked in a screen printing shop for a while do you know how t-shirts are made have you ever seen that process i've seen it and it looks messy it is so messy i did the job um well i start when i first started there i did the job where you would you it was called reclaiming the screens um when that what that means is that you had to uh they, we had this big scrub tank and i had a power washer And then I had like one chemical that would like loosen up all the ink so you could scrape all that off and wash it all off. And another chemical that would break down the emulsion on the screen. And then the job was to get it back to a perfectly clean screen. And it's, it was pretty easy process, but it was disgusting because like I would just be covered in, well, at first I'd be like soaking wet and I'd be covered in ink and in chemicals and in this place without air conditioning. And it was just a really interesting experience, you know, to work at this place. But, you know, it wasn't any better for anybody else that worked there, except for the designers. They worked in the office, and the office had air conditionings. Everybody wanted that job. But I would I would be talking to the printers a lot, like out in this big, like, warehouse area. And for some reason, the song that got played so much at that time period was that 311 song, Amber. Do you know what I'm talking about? I've got it on my hard drive. Yes, I do. Just that bass line, as soon as I hear it, instantly takes me back to those summers of just working in this really really hot place because for some reason someone liked to play that song a lot (laughs) and it's it's a pretty cool song but i probably heard it you know a thousand times played on the cd player in there you know until like you know invariably the cd got enough ink on it that it wouldn't play anymore or something
1: well my second job was at a at a grocery warehouse and this is where i worked for almost 20 years before i had to retire because of parkinson's disease uh but that was a whole di- different thing. I was heavy into my Beatles phase at this point, and I remember having bought Magical Mystery Tour, and I thought I was cool as Fonzie, and I would drive down the dock. I, I, I was on these stand-up forklifts. We had these CDs that we would mount, CD players that we would mount on the, the cage. Well, guess what? CDs skip, and every time we hit a bump, it would skip. So I would I would go over the the cracks really carefully in the concrete so that it wouldn't skip, and I remember playing Strawberry Fields at like eleven, and just thinking I was the coolest, coolest dude in the whole building. Not understanding that all you these. You were hurt d-
0: for playing that. You were the, the coolest person in the building. You were playing I, Strawberry. I
1: was yeah. in my mind, and I, there was a lot. There was some DC talk, Jesus freak, and I would play that a lot. And well, yeah. then it, yeah, so I'm not. Just hold off on the cool. Hold 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 off on the cool comment. It wasn't that. I wasn't that cool.
0: Well, it, to be fair, I listened to some of that record again recently. It's really well-produced. It is well-made music.
1: DC Talk? Jesus. No, yeah. it it is. It's, it's unfortunate that, they're, that the lead song off of that is so uh, plagiarizing. Smells like teen spirit. That's my yeah. biggest complaint about that record. The record is not a bad record. Uh, the some co- great sounds on that album. The Colored People song about anti-racism, that's a great song. Um, that's one that stands out to me. And I mean... Contrary to popular belief, or people that know me, I do have a soft spot in my in my heart for DC talk, um, but but not in a warehouse blaring it at eleven down the dock.
0: No, it probably doesn't work that well. But
1: this is this is one of the things where I, I suddenly learned about the wider world, and um, this is where I first heard Howard Stern, which. Um, for a Christian kid was pretty freaking shocking.
0: <laughs> now he was on fire then though. Right. Cause like, that's, that's the other thing in that screen printing shop that was always playing. Was Howard yep. Absolutely.
1: Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Stern back then he would even say he was like, I was angry. I was depressed. I was taking out my angst on other people. He, he, he has said that he loved Robin Williams and robin williams came on his show i don't know what the date was it was obviously i think it was about i don't know but it was it was a few years before he died and stern said i treated him horrible i love this guy i treated him horrible why did i do that because i was trying to impress my listeners which as a radio guy as a guy who's been doing podcasting for years i understand the the need to or the the desire to shock and excite your audience um but not at the expense of your guest, especially a guest that you love. And so, yeah. so, so, what we were hearing from Stern in the late '90s and early 2000s was un, unmedicated, um, untherapized. I made up a word there, Howard Stern. The kind of shit that I was hearing on Stern shocked me. Now, 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 now nothing shocks me. I mean, I'm 40, I'm almost 45. I've got Parkinson's disease. I worked for 20 years with Teamsters. It's hard to shock me now. But at the time, Stern was frightening, frightening. I felt, I mean, I felt like I was going to hell just for hearing it. And these guys would go down the aisles of the grocery warehouse blaring it at 10. And then, oh, don't even get me started on some of the other music that was played. And so, so you know what my defense was? What's that? Christian death metal. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, man. Well, you know, the way I said working at Frank's was like working at a, like a vocational college or something or high school where everybody's kind of friendly-ish. You make some friends. I actually still talk to a couple of the people from from that era of my life. The warehouse was like working on the deck of the Black Pearl,
0: <laughs> dude. I understand. Yeah, I worked at places like that too, where it'd like it feels like you're on a pirate ship or like you're a gunslinger in the Old West. I've definitely worked some of those jobs. Okay, too.
1: okay. Well, here's an example. I worked when I first started at the, the Teamster warehouse, and I, I enjoy talking about this because it, it's so it's fresher in my memory than some of my other memories. Yeah, I worked on the midnight shift guess it was like five o'clock at night to like three in the morning or something like that. Oh. And guys would come in drunk. Uh-oh. And if they weren't drunk at the beginning of the shift, at lunchtime, they would go out and drink a six pack and come in drunk. I didn't know what drunk was. I couldn't tell who who was drunk and who was not. I was like, all I thought was, why is that guy so obnoxious after lunch? He was drinking. And and later somebody told me, oh, yeah, I went out to 7-Eleven and I see him down in beers i'm like well that explains why he comes back from break acting like a like a raging bull to be nice yeah. i don't know if i can say this on the show i guess I'm, i'll say it in a in a euphemistic way there was favors being exchanged in the parking lot
0: okay there were women well, that worked there. there were women that worked there in- like, a, like a like this was this like um a warehouse job or was this like a rock hotel? Cause they sound about the same oh, to me that we're describing it. Yeah,
1: dude, it was, <laughs> it was kind of one in the same. There was this one chick that I knew, let's just say was dating a couple of the other guys there. Let's just say, let's just say dating. I don't th- just, that's the best way I can put it. And she got, she had her, her eyes on me, dude. I was a virgin. I was scared of every woman on the planet. And she would come up to me and go, can you go get me a candy bar? And my Dumbass would go down to the break room, buy her candy bar and bring it to her. Well, she was just, she was just eating that up because she knew she had control over me. Yeah. I was scared to death of her.
0: That's so funny, man. That is so, you know, you know, I'll, here's a story, um, from that same screen printing job that I, that I worked at. They made me think of when you were talking about guys coming in drunk. Yeah. Um, There was one guy who came back from break and uh, he worked pretty closely with me on like one of the jobs that I was doing. And um, I don't think he'd been there that long, but he came back and he was acting like so squirrely, like he was bouncing off the (laughs) wall. And you didn't know what's going on. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on at the time. And I was like, what is going on with this dude? I mean, he was like um, doing everything like five times faster than he would normally do it. And various shaky hands. And I was, I finally, I walked over to him. I was like, dude, are you okay? And he turns around and I see like his nostrils are just so dusty. White,
1: <laughs>
0: I'm not kidding. It's actually happened. And I was, gotta, I was like, you got to be kidding me. And it's the, the, the thing that bugged me at that point was, you know, I don't care. You know, fine. If that, that's what he's going to do. He's got to take it up with the manager as long yeah, as he's not. Yeah you know, messing things up. Right. This was, it was pretty, you know know what these kind of jobs are like. Right. So, um, but he was working on a really expensive piece of equipment that if it was damaged would have shut down the whole production for the day.
1: Oh, oh oh, yeah. That's a good time to get coked up.
0: Yeah. So I went and got the manager and I was like, dude, (laughs) snitch. I, I really like, you know, I, I don't want to to tell you this, but this could shut the whole operation down for the day. This guy. (laughs) And I told him what it was. He was like, are you kidding me? He instantly went over and like, he was like, get out. He fired (laughs) him right now. He fired him. Yeah, man. That was the thing. And, like, I – so then I had to do his job and my job. So that was my payment for snitching on him. But at the same time, it could have been a lot worse because, you know, there was, like, a big order going through. But, these, you know, these are things – I'm sure there's some people listening to this and they're like, yep, you just got to do what you got to do. You just got to get it done. No,
1: if any of my old coworkers listen to this, they'll know what I'm talking about. There was this one guy, and, okay – when I got hired full-time, I, I switched from driving the forklifts to the worst job of picking orders. It seems counterintuitive, but that's what happened when I got on the seniority list. I got, I got the bottom of the barrel. Um, and there was this one guy. He was kind of a biker guy. And he – I think he had the same issue that your coworker did. Yeah. Because he tells me – I hear well, I hear him tell somebody, do you got a CD case in your car? I need a flat surface. <laughs> mm. And he comes back in after whatever he did, and he wasn't blinking. He didn't blink. He he got real paranoid, and was started sweating. And and even then, it took me a second to realize, oh okay, oh I know what's going on here. Um, but my mind doesn't instantly go to stuff like that. You know what I mean? I'm I'm, I'm I drink my wine, and that's that's about it. I mean, I'm not I'm not an experimenter, so to speak, and teach their own. I'm not, I'm not going to judge anybody. Like you said, let people be people is something a saying that I heard one time from a very wise man.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a good, uh, that's a good thing to think about in life. Isn't it? Just let people be people.
1: But it was an experience and I did learn a lot about music. I, Earth, wind and fire. You know, that song. Yeah, absolutely. This one brother, he would play it over and over and over while while he was picking orders, and I was like, "It's kind of a good song," but it got stuck in my head, and and my and my dumbass thought it was a new song, and I realized later it was like twenty years old by the time I heard it. But it was, it was a it was a trial by fire. I loved the people, most of the people I worked with. It was I have endless stories. We could do episode after episode. I don't know under one context it would be of stories from my grocery picking days. But that's—I I, got to tell you—as a sheltered kid, being exposed to music at both Frank's and and my grocery job was really changed my perspective on music. And it,
0: that, you know, that's a that's kind of like when you get those jobs where you end up making friends with people that become like real friends. Yeah, you know, um, that's a really cool thing. I've I've worked at at a, at a couple jobs. Um, where that really is the deal you know I I worked for a large company for a while and there's a lot of people from that very large um, company that I'm still friends with bands started because of that company and um, really close friends were like customers that came in the store Um, and it's just it's kind of cool when those types of things happen because it's almost like like you know, if you miss kind of that experience of what it was like in high school, where you hang around with the same people, you know, every single day for four years, or really even longer than that, if you went through them through the all the other versions of school, but it is it's special. That doesn't always happen with jobs because sometimes it's just you know you clock and you you do your thing, and especially now in the middle of the pandemic, it's like you know you log on to a chat and uh, with Zoom and you get just your, your shit done, and then you go and you work on another project and it's good to have those kind of connections with people where you can find them.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. And I mean, I still talk, uh, fairly regularly with some of the people at the, at the grocery warehouse. And I don't think they realized how big of a part they played in my growing up. Maybe they do, but I guess, I guess the job market was different for me as a sheltered, mostly homeschooled kid. So the people the people that I was meeting were like people that I would have never met any other way. I met you yeah. through through the church and through skateboarding. You were one of the few friends that I made outside of my main circle of the church group that I went to.
0: Yeah. You know, but that not that, you know, do you know what that makes me think of? It makes me think of that line from Jurassic Park, life finds a way. It did. I think. Right. That's the thing about all of this. That's, you know, if I could take, take a step back for a second, you know, it's like, that's why when when we're in the middle of going through something, um, or we're walking through pain, or we're walking through a, a time of happiness, you know, something good is going on off of those moments like it's hard to see the big picture of of where that's going to branch off and lead to something new um, and exciting in your life or some other new connection. And it's like when you look back at these formative things that just kind of the time flew by and you look back and you're like, wow, that was actually pretty significant. I didn't see that when I was going through that, you know?
1: For Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board, I'm Jay Mack. And I'm Sam Wade. D- saying until next week, Stay, stay Cosmic! cosmic.